But uh, if you've ever been to a sporting event, you've seen this kind of thing. You've got, you know, like the kiss cam. Uh, you've also seen like the Simba cam where somebody kind of holds up their kid. There's all these other uh, random crowd shots that they will take. And it's always fun to kind of see people's reactions. Sometimes they're, you know, like all smiles and waves. And sometimes they blush and put their head down and have surprise that all of a sudden they're being noticed uh, when they weren't necessarily planning on being noticed. When you look around these pictures, you see even somebody like Michelle Obama, look at that, not a person that exactly is uh, like the first time in front of a camera, but yet shocked uh, to see her picture up on the big screen. And of course, there's, there's this guy. There's always, right? Always that guy, right? So again, come back to church next time. Be ready because the church cam is in session. Now, we are in a study called Divine Selfies, and we're looking at several places across the Bible where God posts selfies. Now, what do we mean by that? There are these little bits of revelation that come from God himself that come in the form of his names. God has several names, and each of these names provide little bits of information so that we can better know him. We know what he's like, how he thinks, how he acts. Now, as we mentioned last week, there are 80-plus names for the Lord in the Bible, and we ask the question, why so many names? Well, if you think about it, if you introduce yourself to someone, you give them your first name, and that's kind of a surface way of getting to know them and them getting to know you. Uh, maybe if you want to you know, share more information, you give your last name. So it gives some family information. Maybe you might go further to tell them different things like, well, I'm a teacher, I'm a golfer, I'm a Red Raider fan. All these different little descriptions give us a fuller understanding of who you actually are. Well, that's the way these names in the Bible for God function. They each provide us just a little bit more information so that we can know him more. Now, last week we introduced two names of God, Elohim and El Shaddai. Elohim and El Shaddai. Both of those names really provide a combination revelation that allow us to see the Lord as the powerful, personal creator, <clears throat> sustainer of all that is. And we, we had this real strong takeaway that he is the mighty God, like all-sufficient. There's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing that Elohim, El Shaddai, cannot do. There, there are doors we can't open for ourselves, but Elohim can open them. There, there are things that are happening in our life that feel impossible, but they're not impossible for God. God can do anything because he's the all-sufficient, mighty God, Elohim, El Shaddai. Well, today we're going to have two other names that we are going to talk about, and those names are El Elyon and El Roi. El Elyon and El Roi. Now, these names reveal to us the God who sees from on high. Both names, kind of working together, create this very clear picture of God as the one who sees from on high. From his vantage point, on high, he sees everything. God sees your life from beginning to end. God sees every detail about your life, past, 
present, and future. It's just all clear to him. Nothing obstructs his view. From his high position, he sees it all. Now, at ground level, we see a different perspective. Sometimes what we see is congestion and confusion and chaos. But always remember, God has a raised perspective. He sees everything from on high. So we should be able to trust him based upon what he sees. He's like a heavenly GPS who's constantly guiding us down the best, most productive, strategic paths of life. Why? Because he sees everything. He sees everything. Now, I want you to hear that. He sees everything, but not just everything. Because God sees you. He sees it all. He sees everything. But he also sees you. He's the God who sees from on high. Take your Bible, open with me to the book of Psalms, right in the middle of your Bible. Psalm, look at 91, Psalm 91. This is part of a section of Psalms that are called the wisdom psalms, the wisdom psalms. And what's meant by that is it contains information that if you'll listen to it, and if you'll adjust your life to what you see and what you hear, you can be more wise and you can live wisely. So we have to, we have to listen to what these wisdom psalms are communicating to us and then adjust our life to it. Now, Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 There are four names of God that are mentioned in just two verses. Those names are Elohim and El Shaddai that we studied last week. And then you have the name of Yahweh that we'll look at in two weeks. And then we have the name for today, El El Yon. Now, theologians tell us that part of the reason God packs in two verses four of his names is to build our confidence that what he's saying is really wise. Pay attention to this and adjust your life to it. Look at verse 1, Psalm 91, verse 1. It says, those who live, look at this word, those who live in the shelter, we're going to break this word down, those who live in the shelter of, notice this, the Most High. That's the word El Elyon. that's, That's God's name, the Most High God, those who live in the shelter of the Most High, those who live in the shelter of El Elyon will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. And look at this. And I trust him. I trust him. El Elyon, the most high God, can be trusted. Now, let's break this down. Look at the word live. It means to dwell, to stay put, to put some roots down. Once you've found a place you want to be, well, just dwell there, stay there, live in that place. And then the word shelter, it refers to a covering, something that's above you, for protection. Notice we are to be under the most high. 
The Most High becomes our protective covering, kind of a, a parental kind of covering over our life. We are to stay under that covering of the Most High because under Him we will find rest. Now the word rest was used of travelers in biblical times because if you were taking a journey, you were traveling, uh, at nighttime you would have to find a safe place to rest. You didn't have the Hyatt. You didn't have the Hilton. You didn't have the Holiday Inn. So you had no places like that that you could crash overnight. So as a traveler, before you would stop for the evening, you'd look and find, is there a place where we can have rest, a safe place? Well, notice our rest is to come in the shadow or in the presence of the Almighty. Now, today when you're watching the news, uh, you, you see stories that reveal like rampant violence breaking out in a lot of major cities. In fact, there's video footage of this. And when you watch it, it is just frightening how just everyday people walking down the street or in the subway all of a sudden are just attacked. And you watch that and you think to yourself, man, I don't know if I would feel comfortable going to those places. I don't know if I'd feel safe going to those places. And we could imagine, you know, like one of those places, south side of Chicago. Can you imagine just taking a stroll this afternoon on the south side of Chicago? You probably would not feel like rest, safe, but if on your, like, strolling through the south side of Chicago, if you were doing so, listen, under the shadow of SEAL Team 6, they're walking with you, they're behind you, and they're casting their shadow over you, you probably will walk down the street a lot more restful than you would by yourself. Where we are to take our shelter underneath the Almighty, and we're going to find our rest under the one who is the most high. And the psalmist concludes, we shouldn't have any dread or fear when we are up under the covering of the most high, El Elyon. Now, if we break down the name El Elyon, the El is from Elohim, what we studied last week. So in this name, El Elyon, everything that we envision from Elohim applies to this name. He is the creator. He's powerful. He's personal. He's the sustainer. And then that El is joined with a superlative, which is Elyon, which means the most. So together, he is the most. He is the most high God. No one is higher than the Lord. Psalm 83, 18 declares, El Yon is the most high over all the earth. There's no other higher than El El Yon. We, we need to have, listen to me, we need to have an elevated view of God. He is the most high God. When you see the Lord that way, that revelation has a couple of things that it offers to you. One is, 
is that elevation in terms of rank. You start to know who God is, that he is over all. Like El Elyon has absolute, unchallenged authority. No one outranks him. Daniel chapter 4 verse 17 says, The Most High rules over the kingdoms of this world. No governing authority is higher than El Elyon. No creation is higher than El Elyon. He has authority. Nobody outranks him. Back in the 1960s, there was a segregationist governor by the name of George Wallace. And George Wallace stood in the doorway at the University of Alabama denying black students entrance to the college who had already been accepted. He used his governing authority to extend his own segregationist opinion of white and black separation. He stood there defiantly in cause of segregation until the President of the United States issued that the National Guard would show up and present his order, which was for George Wallace to stand down. His governing authority may have given him the right for a moment, but the president had a higher authority, and he said, hey, chump, step off. And guess what he did? He stepped off. Why? Because somebody higher in authority spoke, and he had to move. The Most High God has supreme authority. His elevation is above every other. He outranks everything. And if something in your life, listen to me, looks impossible or impassable, never forget El Elyon. Like we sing in this house sometimes, he can make a way when there is no other way. And he even has the final Say why he's El Elyon. He has elevated rank. Secondly, he has elevation in terms of perspective. Perspective. He sees things from above. He's above all. The Bible says he dwells on high. He dwells on high. Isaiah 6.1, I saw the Lord, the prophet says. Seated on a throne, look at this, high and lifted up with God's high and holy position. He can see everything. Now, I don't know if they still do this or not because now we got traffic cams and GPS and all kinds of other things. But big cities, they used to have helicopter reporters. And in the morning and in the afternoon a helicopter reporter would be flying over traffic and then he would give recommendations. You want to avoid this intersection. Uh, you want to go this way. And as you would listen to those reports, you trusted what he was saying because he had an elevated perspective. He could see what you could not see. Well, El Elyon has an elevated view of your life. He's high and lifted up. He sees and he directs our lives and we should trust him. Now, 
when we trust in the Lord, we ought to respond to him in some specific ways. Like he's the one who's high and lifted up. There ought to be some wise responses that we have to him because of who he is. He outranks every other. He sees things complete and perfect and above all. So here's one of the responses we should have to El Elyon, and that is to stick with God no matter what. Stick with God no matter what. Dwell under, live under, stay under the covering of the Most High God. Because sometimes what we see at sea level is sketchy, and if we're not careful, we'll jump ship. But you've got to stick with God. You, you need to maintain like a, a commitment of it. Like, I, I know that the Lord sees everything, and he's directing my path, so the congestion and the uncertainty I suffer with is not something that he suffers with. He sees all. He can direct me, and I will follow him. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. We need our steps ordered by the one who is on high, who can see everything we can't see. Now, one of the heartbreaking statistics and facts is that the people who make the unimaginable choice for suicide, the statistics show if a person would just wait a little longer than a lot of the circumstances that are creating such desperation that someone would make that choice, a lot of the circumstances that cause the desperation will actually clear up in a few days so that the financial worries and the relationship worries and the job worries that become so overwhelming that create such desperation if a person would just wait a little longer those things would change and it's sad to think of people who don't stick with God and they bail on him and they make their own way Choose their own path. When in fact, if you'll just stick with God, El Elyon sees things very clearly and he orders your steps on the basis of what he sees. Stick with him. I would encourage you to cultivate within your prayer life like a habit to routinely call upon the name of El Elyon. And just say things to him like this, God, you are the most high. Will you please guide my steps? You can see what I cannot see. I will trust you with the next step I need to take. I will stay with you. I won't bail on you. Instead, I will follow your lead. Order my steps. I'm sticking with you, God. Second wise response the God who sees on high, is to lift up the Lord in your life. Lift up the Lord in your life. Exalt him. Brag on the one who has been your covering. Psalm 57, 11 says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens and the earth. Be exalted, 
be exalted. Now listen, we can't make the Lord any higher or greater than he already is. But what we can do is acknowledge him for who he is and we can ascribe to him the greatness that he's due. Like lift up the Lord in your life. Thank him for the covering that he has been for you. I was uh, talking with a couple this past week who happened to be parents of a man in our church who I'm just so proud of watching him pursue God's mandate for his life. He's, he's following the Lord and he's leading his family to follow the Lord. And I was complimenting these parents, telling them, man, what a great job you did in shaping the heart of your son so that he'd pursue the Lord like he's pursuing him right now. Well done. That no sooner came out of my mouth that the mom went like this. And she just said, it's the Lord. Yeah, there's a lot of parenting that went in. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of prayer that went in. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the glory for where my son is and where he's leading his family, it belongs to the Lord. Lift up the Lord. I think we all need to learn how to point that finger. Come on. We need to learn how to use that one and just say, it's the Lord. We're grateful for the covering that he's given in my life. Listen, in most cases, you weren't smart enough. You weren't good enough. You weren't influential enough. The Most High covered your weaknesses with his strength. So lift him up. El Elyon, your covering. And then third, here's a third wise response to the God who sees from on high. And that is to wait on him to reward what he sees. Wait on him to reward what he sees. He sees everything. And therefore, he will compensate with blessing what warrants a blessing. And he will settle the scores of what should be corrected. Job 34.21 says, For God watches how people live. He sees everything they do. Everybody say everything. He sees everything they do. Nothing misses his sight. He makes all, listen, he makes all the right decisions in the right time, in the right way to reward what he sees. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself of that. Because maybe you did the right thing at work. You did the right thing in your marriage. You did the right thing online yesterday, but nobody noticed you say, I took the high road. No one acknowledged it. I humbled myself and I honored another, but they didn't even seem to care. God saw it. He sees it. One of the great preachers of the 20th century, a man by the name of R.G. Lee, he pastored a church in Memphis, Tennessee called Bellevue Baptist Church. He preached a famous message called Payday Sunday. And in that message, he explained the patience that we need to have to wait on God because God will settle all accounts. If it doesn't happen in this life, it'll be rewarded in the next. You trust him. Payday someday. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. This may be a secret. Jesus is coming back soon. And my friend, I promise you, when Jesus 
returns. Every act of faith will be honored, but also every act of injustice and indecency, every authority that exalts itself against the Almighty on high will be made low. God sees everything. You wait on God to reward what he sees. So I encourage you, stick with him. Stick with him. Follow his direction for your life. Lift up the Lord. Acknowledge his covering over you and wait on him because he will do what is right according to what he sees. And he sees everything. Now, not only does God see everything, he sees you. So the second name is El Roi. El Roi. Now, this happens to be one of the few names that a person gave to God. So this isn't a selfie that God took in the scripture to say, hey, look, I want to show you something. This is actually a selfie someone else took, but posted it of them and the Lord. Now, if somebody takes a picture of you, let me tell you what happens most of the time. Here's what you say. Hey, will you send me that before you post it? Because I want to check my hair, right? I want to make sure I'm not doing any crazy eyes. I, I, I want to I I look at that, right? Come on now. I want to see that before you post it. But in this case, someone else took the picture of the Lord and posted it, but God didn't ask for rights to edit it beforehand. He was okay with what they posted. And so this selfie, El Roe, it comes from a, a young girl who was facing some really difficult circumstances. Now, last week as we were overviewing Abraham's story as it related to El Shaddai, we said that Abraham and Sarah received a promise from God that they would be parents and that Abraham would be the father of a great nation. And we said the problem with that promise is the fact that they were in their 70s and they didn't have any children at the time. Not exactly your prime childbearing years in your 70s. And so as they thought about that promise, they thought, well, maybe there's some different ways besides the natural way that we can make this promise happen. And so one of the paths they pursued was kind of what we would call like surrogate pregnancy, where they got a young girl involved because Sarah said, I think it's me. I think the problem is me. They got a young girl involved, and Abraham had a child with her. Her name was Hagar, and Scripture says she's young and immature. So when she got pregnant, she kind of bragged to Sarah like, look at me. I'm pregnant. You're not. The Bible says that didn't bring out the best in Sarah. And so she got rather harsh with her. In fact, the Bible describes her as being abusive with Hagar. Hagar got so wounded that she ran away. Now, the problem with running away in the desert, <laughs> you ain't got nowhere to go. And so for her, running away meant just kind of running, almost like jumping from the frying pan into the fire. Because as she ran out into the desert, she found extreme hot temperatures and 
cold at night and a vulnerability to predators, both human and wild animals. And it didn't take her very long being run away out in the desert that she realized, I've made a bad mistake. And she thought to herself, I'm going to die out here alone and nobody's going to notice. You know, one of the cruelest parts of COVID was people dying alone because of the constraints imposed by the pandemic, people that were sick and dying, were kept isolated from family and friends. And when you look back at that, you say, man, that's so cruel. Well, here she is out in the desert. No one around her. What a lonesome death. But the Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared to her. And the angel said, the Lord has heard your cry of distress. And the angel tells Hagar that I, I can see, because he's the most high God, we can see, like, you're going to survive this. Like, this is not going to take your life. You're going to survive, and you're going to have the child, and you're going to have a son. And I want you to name the son Ishmael, which means God hears. He hears. You didn't think he did. Hagar, when you were crying alone in the desert, he heard you. So you're going to survive. I'm giving you my perspective. You're going to survive. Name your son Ishmael. God hears. And on hearing that, she took a selfie. And she posted her selfie with her and the Lord. Genesis 16, 13 says this, Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. That's El Roi. You are the God who sees me. God not only sees servant girl dying in the desert. Listen to me. He sees you. He sees everything. But he also sees you. And whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever groans are coming out of your soul, the Bible says he hears you groaning. Whatever tears are streaming down your face, the Bible says he sees your tears. You're not alone. No matter how your situation makes you feel, God is with you. His eye is on you. I had a man recently, just a couple weeks ago, sharing with me his pain as he's staggering through a midlife divorce. And I said, brother, listen, I've never walked that path, so I don't really know what you're going through. I can imagine, but I don't know. But I can tell you this. God knows. 
God sees you. Because that's who he is. He's the most high God, El Elyon. He's El Roi, the God who sees you. So wherever you are and whatever you're walking through, listen, you stick with God. You trust him. You believe in him. You shelter under the most high. Rest in the almighty because he sees you. And no one outranks him. He sees you. He is over you. In what seems impossible and impassable to you, God can make a way. He sees. He knows. He leads. You trust. Stand with me. Put your eyes on the screen. And we see Psalm 91 in front of us again. And this time I want you to say it with me. Let's make this declaration. Say it. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God.